Samach Aleph, we get 61b at the Mishnah. We have discussed how to make the structure of the Eruv, Eruv Chatseros, that allows you to carry, and we've discussed the food that allows you to carry, at least according to Rashi, according to Tosos, we were talking about the food for Eruv Tchumen. Now we will discuss the third component of an Eruv Chatseros, which is to get the permission of everyone who lives in the Chatser. The Mishnah says, Hadarim ha'kumba chatzer, if one lives with a non-Jew in a chatzer, o imishe no modeb eruv, or with someone who doesn't acknowledge the legitimacy of eruv, a tzeduki, areze oseralav, that person prohibits the Jew to carry. Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov Omer, Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov says, Lo'olam eno oser ad shu shnei Yisraelim ostrim ze'alzeh. The non-Jew does not prohibit the Jew from carrying unless there are two Jews living in the Chatzar. The Gemara will explain the reason for this Machlokas. Amar said, There was a Tzeduki who lived with us in the Mavoy, Yerushalayim, in Yerushalayim. And my father said, Hurry and take your Kalim, our Kalim, out to the Mavoy, before the Tzeduki takes his things out and prohibits you from carrying. Rashi says that Tzeduki had been revatel his rishus, he had nullified his ownership and and given the observant Jews the right to carry. But Rabbi Galil's father was concerned that the Tzeduki would change his mind and then would prohibit, and, and that would result in the observant Jews being prohibited from carrying and therefore, he said, hurry up and take your stuff out. Claim the Mavoy before he does. Rabbi Huda Omer Belshon Rabbi Huda has a different version of what Rabbi Gamliel's father said. Maharuva Mavoy. Hurry up before Shabbos and do what you need to do in the Mavoy. Because if the Tzeduki takes his belongings out on Shabbos, you will not be able to carry there. Gemara. Yatif Abai Bar Avin Rochinana Bar Avin Vyatif Abai Gabayu Rav Abaye Bar Avin and Rochinana Bar Avin were sitting and Abaye was sitting with them Vyatvi Vikaamri and they sat and they said that as Abaye Bar Avin and Rochinana Bar Avin were discussing Vishama Rabbi Meir I understand Rabbi Meir that is the Tanakama the Mishnah did not say it was Rabbi Meir but we will see in the Brisa that it's Rabbi Meir he holds Dirat He holds that the residence of a non-Jew is considered a residence. Therefore, it doesn't matter if there's one Jew or two Jews. If there's a Goy residing in the Chatzer, he prohibits the Jew from carrying. Ella Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, Savar. But what does Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov hold? If he holds the residence of a non-Jew is considered a residence, Afiluchad Nami Nitzar. Even if there's only one Jew, he should be prohibited. And if the residence of a non-Jew is not a residence, then even if there are two Jews, they should not be prohibited from carrying. Does Rabbi Meir hold that the dira of a non-Jew is considered a dira? The chatzar of a non-Jew is like an animal corral. It's not considered a residence. Ella, dirat akum lo 
Rather, everyone holds the residence of a non-Jew is not considered a residence. But what are Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov arguing about? The issue here is a gzera, that a person should not live with a goy, so that he will not learn his ways. That's what they're arguing about. Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov Savar, Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov holds, Since we have to worry that the non-Jew is a murderer, two Jews, which can commonly be found living with a non-Jew, because they can protect each other, Gazrubahu, the Chachamim were gozer, that they should not carry on sh- uh, in the Chatzar. Actually, it means all along, it means to carry from the houses to the Chatzar, as opposed to carrying in the Chatzar itself. Chachamim were gozer, not to carry, in order to discourage Jews from living with Goyim, but that was only a concern if there are two Jews. Chad lo but one Jew who is not commonly found living with a non-Jew because he's afraid of being murdered, lo gazru ve'rabbanan, Rabbanan were not gozer in that case because Rabbanan are only gozer in cases that are common. Rabbi Meir savar zimnin demikri v'dayer, and Rabbi Meir holds that Chachamim were gozer on one Jew also because sometimes it happens that one Jew lives in a chotzer with one non-Jew. The Rabbanan said that an Eruv doesn't work where there's a Goy. And nullifying Rishus doesn't work where there's a Goy. Until you rent the property from the Goy. And a non-Jew will not rent. So that discourages the Jews from living with the non-Jews. My time, why would a non-Jew not rent? The question that's coming up is going to be a little bit complex. We're going to learn important halachos from it. The Gemara says, Ilema, if you will say, maybe the Goy won't rent because he's afraid that the Jew will end up taking over his property. That's understandable if you say that you need literally a healthy rental, a full-fledged rental. The Gemara will explain what is a full-fledged rental and what isn't. But according to the one who says you only need a flimsy rental, not a full-fledged rental, what can you say? Why would the non-Jew worry if it's not a full-fledged rental? As it was said, Rabchista says you need a full-fledged rental. And Rabchista says even a a flimsy, a weak rental. My ru'ah, my bri'ah. What does it mean, ru'ah and bri'ah? Ilema bri'ah b'puta, ru'ah b'chobishele puta. If you'll say that bri'ah means for a full pruta and ru'ah means for less than a pruta, mi ikalamadamar me'akum b'chobishele pruta lo? Is there anyone who says that a rental cannot be for less than a pruta from a goy? Ba'ashalach rabbi Yitzhak rabbi Yaakov bargi yurei mishmuei de rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yitzchak, Rabbi Yaakov, Bar sent in the name of Rabbi Yochanan that you can rent for even less than a pruta. Rabbi Yochanan also said that a goy who steals less than a pruta is chayef misa. It cannot be returned. In connection with a non-Jew, there's no distinction between more than a pruta and less than a pruta. So that cannot be the difference between a schirut bri'ah and a schirut re'u'ah. Ela bri'ah v'muharkei u'ba'burgani. Rather, 
Bri'ah means, according to Rashi, that you have the right to move your furniture into the Chatzar. Ru'ah below muharki v'aburgine. And Ru'ah means you don't have the right to move your furniture into the Chatzar. That's how Rashi explains it. Tosos brings two more explanations. Muharke is written and sealed, and aburgane means with messengers. And Rabbi Nechananel says that muharke and aburgane means the right to do construction. If you have the right to do construction in the Chatzar, that's a schirut bri'ah, and if not, that's a schirut ru'ah. So the Gemara again summarizes the question. So I understand the guy will be concerned that you'll take over his property if he if we require a schirut bri'ah. But according to the opinion of Sheshet, who says that we only require a schirut ru'ah, then what's the reason that a guy will not want to rent? You're not going to take over his property. Because a non-Jew will be afraid that you'll do magic against him when you're in his chatzar, and he will not rent it. We, in fact, paskin that only a schirut re'u'ah is required, and the practice in America is to rent the reshus from the government, from the county executive or the mayor, depending on the location, for one dollar for 99 years or some other lengthy period. And even though we don't have the right to put our furniture or do construction in the middle of the street, it is considered a an adequate rental, and even though a, a dollar for 99 years is less than a pruta for any given amount of time, it doesn't matter. Gufa. Gemara returns to discuss the Brisa. The chatzir of a non-Jew is like the, an animal corral. And a Jew can carry from the non-Jew's house into the chatzir and from the from the chatzar into the houses. But if one Jew lives in that chatzar, then carrying from the houses to the chatzar and the chatzar to the houses, even the houses of the non-Jews, is prohibited. These are the words of Rabbi Meir. It's never prohibited unless there are two Jews who prohibit each other from carrying, and then if there's also a goy, his house becomes prohibited. Turning the page, Amar Mar, who said in the Brisa, akum harehu kidir the chatzar of a non-Jew is like an animal corral, but we learned in our Mishnah, that if there's a non-Jew living in the chatzar, he prohibits carrying. If his residence is not considered a residence, why does he prohibit carrying? Gemara answers, lo kasha, it's not a kasha. The Mishnah is talking about when the Goy is present, and the Brisa is talking about when the Goy is not present. Umay kasavar. What does the Tana hold? E kasavar dira velo balim shma dira. If you consider an empty apartment to be an apartment afilu akum naminitzar, then even the empty apartment of a Goy should prohibit the Jew from carrying. E kasavar dira velo balim lo shma dira. And if you hold an empty apartment is not an apartment, afilu Yisrael nami lo and even the empty of apart- apartment of a Jew should not prohibit carrying. Gemara answers, Really, the Tana holds that an empty apartment is not an apartment. In the case of a Jew, since he is there, 
since when he is there, he prohibits the Jew from carrying, the other Jew from carrying. When he's not there, the Chachamim will go there also. Akum, a non-Jew, the that when he's present, he only prohibits the Jew from carrying because the Chachamim made Xerah that you shouldn't live with a non-Jew so you don't learn from his ways. But in terms of Hilcho Shabbos, he doesn't prohibit the Jew from carrying. Kiite, when he's Asar, Kilete lo Asar. So they were Gozer when he's there, they were not Gozer when he's not there. Umar asks, is that true? lo Asar. When he's not there, he's not Oser, Vatan, but we learned in Mishnah, if one of the inhabitants of the Chatzar left his home and went to spend Shabbos in another city, whether he's non-Jewish or Jewish, he still prohibits the other Jews from carrying. That's Rabbi Meir's opinion. And that's who we're talking about. We're talking about Rabbi Meir. So is it really true that when a non-Jew is not home, he's not Oser, he doesn't prohibit carrying? Our answer is Hatam da'ativiyome. That Mishnah that says that he prohibits even when he's not home is talking about where he could come home the same day. And the Brisa, is, which says that he does not prohibit, is talking about where he cannot come home the same day. I'm Rabbi Yehuda Amar Shmuel, Halacha Rabbi Eliezer and Yaakov. Rabbi Yehuda said, as Shmuel said, the Halacha is like Rabbi Eliezer and Yaakov, that a Goy does not prohibit unless there are two Jews living in the Chatzir. Rabbi Huna Amar Minhag Rabbi Eliezer and Yaakov. Rabbi Huna says, the custom is like Rabbi Eliezer and Yaakov. Rashi says, we don't teach this publicly, but if somebody comes to ask a Shaila, we tell him the Halacha is like, Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov. Rabbi Yochanan Amar Nahagu Ha'am Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov. And Rabbi Yochanan says that the people act like Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov. Rashi says that we don't even tell this to someone who comes to ask a Shaila, but we don't rebuke the people who follow Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov. I'm really a bailer of Yosef. A bai said to Rabbi Yosef, Hi Milan, we hold Mishnat Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov Kavinaki. The teachings of Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov are small in measure, there are few of them. The Naki, but they're clean, and the halacha generally follows Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov. And Rabbi Huda said that Shmuel said in this case, the halacha is like Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov. Given that, can one paskin in the place of his Rebbe that the halacha is like Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov? If somebody comes to ask me, and I'm in the same town as my Rebbe, can I say, yes, the halacha is like Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov? Amrle, Rav Yosef asked him, answered him, Afilu bekutcha, even an egg in yogurt, Ba'i I asked Rav Chista whether you can eat an egg with yogurt, And all the years that Rav Huna, Rav Chista's Rebbe, was alive, Rav Chista would not answer me. I explained the question according to Rashi, which is whether somebody can eat an egg with yogurt. Tosos says, that is too obvious, even an Amaaretz knows you can eat an egg with yogurt. Rather, the question is, if you find a finished egg inside a chicken that you shechted, and there's a chick inside the egg, is that chick prohibited with mochiks? Since even eating a chicken with mochiks is only an were the Chacham Gozer on that chick or not? Some of the Achronim defend Rashi and say that what Rashi meant is that if somebody comes to ask you a question which is so obvious that you want to retort rhetorically, and can you eat an egg with yogurt? That's an obvious question. Even that, one cannot answer in the city of his Rebbe. Rav Yaakov Bar Abba said to Abaye, 
What about something that's in Megillus Tanis, which is written and there for everybody to look at? Megillus Tanis is a book from the time of the Mishnah, and in the time of the Gemara, it was the only written halacha sefer because the Torah Balpeh was still Balpeh was still taught orally, but Megillus Tanis was written. And it's a list of days when you're not allowed to fast and not allowed to eulogize. Are you allowed to answer a question based on Megillus Tanis in the town of your Rebbe? Amrle, Abai answered him, Hachi Amr Rav Yosef, this is what, what Rav Yosef said, Afilu Beata Bekutcha, Koshani Rav Yosef said, even an egg in yogurt, I asked Rav Chista, and all the years of Rav Huna, he would not answer me. And similarly, one cannot answer a question, even if it's as obvious as Megillus Tanis. Tosos, again, doesn't like Rashi's explanation, because Tosos says that certainly to stop someone from doing an Isser is permitted even in the presence of your Rebbe. If you see somebody fasting or eulogizing on a day when it's not allowed, then you are allowed to stop him, even in the presence of your Rebbe. So, Achronim answer that, this is not a case of stopping someone from doing an Isser. Rav Yaakov Bar Abba's question was, if somebody comes to ask you a question, so he's not already doing the Isser, he's coming to ask you a question, are you allowed to answer him? The Gemara continues, Rav Chista did Paskin in the town of Kafri while Rav Huna was alive, because Rav Huna lived in Pumpadisa, not in Kafri, even though they're both in Bavil in the same province. Turning to Samach Gimel of Aleph, Rav Hamnuna Ore Becharta de Argaz Vishane Durchista. Rav Hamnuna Paskin in the city of Charta that belonged to a person named Argaz in the days of Rochista, who was Rav Hamnuna's Rebbe. Ravina Sarsakina Bebavel. Ravina viewed a Shochet's knife. It's customary for Shochet to show his knife to a Tamichacham before Shechting, and Ravina reviewed or viewed the Shochet's knife in Bavel. Amalei Rav Ashi, my time Avad Marhachi, Rav Ashi said to Ravina, why did you do that? You're my student, I'm your Rebbe. Amalei, Varahamnuna, Ori, Vacharta, Dargaz, Vishnei, Durchista. Ravina answered him, well, Ravamnuna paskined in Charta, Dargaz, in a different place, in the days of Ravchista, and so too, I looked at a knife in a different town from where you were. Amalei, Rav Ashi said to him, Lav, Ori, Itmar. No, the tradition is not Ori, that he paskined, but Lav, Ori, he did not paskin. Amrlei, Rav, Ravina replied, Itmar Orev, Itmar Lo Orev. There's a tradition that he paskined. There's a tradition that he didn't paskin. How can they be reconciled? Vishane de Rav Huna Rabbe, as long as Rav Huna, who was the real Rebbe of Rav Hamnuna, uh, was alive, Rav Hamnuna did not paskin. Hudelo Orev. That's when he did not paskin. Orev Vishne de Rav Chista, Tamid Chaver Dilehu, Habed. And he did paskin in days of Rav Chista, to whom he was a Talmid Chaver. Rashi explains that a Talmid Chaver is an equal who has learned something from the other person. And I too am a Talmid Chaver to you, Ravashi, and therefore I was permitted to look at the knife.